are. Alrighty, is episode 17 of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Myself, Jason Martinez, Anthony Sanfilippo from Crossing Broad, Crossing Broadcast, Snow the Goalie, and much more going to join us momentarily. Let me tell you about Bet Parks. Great time to get on the Bet Parks app and get in on the action. Tons to bet on hockey. How about hoops, college and pro, college and pro football? You've got uh, college basketball at this point as well. Uh, tons to bet on soccer, international soccer. You name it, it's all there for you. So grab the new Bet Parks app, and uh, it's everything you want in a mobile casino and sportsbook. Simple to use, easy to use, easy to open an account, fast deposits, easy payouts, all of it's there. And it's going to make games that usually mean nothing to you mean something to you. And all new and existing users right now can use the promo code JASON750, J-A-S-O-N-750. That'll get you that risk-free bet up to $750. Terms and conditions do apply. And Wednesday, we'll also have the uh, Broad Street Boost. So we'll have another boost for you coming up as well. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Seriously, the fucking trash truck out there again, like in the middle of the show. Why does this happen all the time on Mondays? Anyway, let me tell you about uh, also Conquerville Subaru because they're awesome. Nation Love Promise Dealer of the Award winner back in 2015, the inaugural. Uh, they've got eight years supporting Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware. They've continued to adopt the classrooms, eight cla- or 15 classrooms in Marcus Hook Elementary School, donating $500 to each uh, for classroom supplies. They continue the donation of thousands of coats to La Humanidad España in Kennett Square. They've done that for 10 years, and they continue that as well. It's a great time to check out the awesome showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And check out the certified pre-owned inventory and a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. Uh, great, great dealership, great service department. Get a free car wash with every visit. Check out all the details at ConquervilleSubaru.com uh, online. And check out the showroom again on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember, Concordville cares. Let's go to him right now from Crossing Broad, the Snow the Goalie podcast. He does it all. He covers it all. And he covers it all extremely well. He is the one and only. Anthony San Filippo. What's going on, man? How's it going, Jay? Good to see you, man. I friend. feel so much fucking better. <laughs> yeah? I I feel like I'm over this cold. I may hit the mute button a few times to cough, but I am buzzing today. Good. Figures I feel better, and the team is not winning. <laughs> that's what it is. Well, that's see, that, that's the correlation. Yes. Right? Yeah, feel things like are, shit they're winning. Things, things are returning to normal, where we all expected them to be. You expect to feel pretty good, yep. and you expect the team to not be great. So I yeah. mean, there we go. We're we're back to where we're getting back to where everybody thinks think, you know things should be. You know, the weird thing about it, Ant, though, is that I think the team has played better hockey over the past week and a half they have. and gotten a worse result than when they were winning games and getting a good result. Yeah. Well, it's, it, 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 well, it is it's weird, hockey. but I, I, it is. I mean, it's part of the game, right? I mean, so I think what you what you're seeing happen. Where it was earlier, the goalies were just so outstanding yeah. that they masked so many of the mistakes that the players were making in front of them. Yeah. And now the team's making less mistakes in front of the goalies, but at the same time, you can't expect the goalies to maintain that that level. I mean, save percentages in the 950s, I think Carter, Carter Hart was at at one point. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just otherworldly. You can't expect – you know he's going to regress a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. even if he's having a, a, a better than his normal year, he's still going to come back down from that. And so, like, I mean, 920 giving, is an absurd year. 950 yeah. is like otherworldly. Right. right. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, even in the last two games, 
he gave up six goals in his last two starts. That's not terrible. I mean, no. and, and when you look at those goals, I wouldn't sit there and go, oh, man, Carter should have had that. I don't think there any any one of those six goals I sit there one. and say, well, maybe one. But the, the first Gaudreau goal, he's off angle. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, too much. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the only one. Okay. okay, so the other five, really not on him at all. Yep. And and so you look at it and say, well, all right, that's not terrible. But keep in mind, he had only allowed 17 goals in the se- seven starts before that, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's just that just goes to show how great he had been playing. So when you have the goalies just coming back to normal just a little bit, even though the team is playing better, it, it's going to get you you know those results where they're giving up more goals now than than maybe they were earlier in the season. Because yeah, there's no margin, because you, you don't have right. a team that can outscore mistakes in any way, shape, or form. Right. You know, the funny thing is, before Carter played his ninth game, which was I think was on Saturday, he and Jake Ottinger were the top two in save percentage in the NHL. Ottinger had played seven games. Carter had played eight, but Carter saw 110 more shots than mm-hmm. Ottinger. <laughs> like that's crazy for a one game difference. 110. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. You know, and it's, it's funny, Jamie. You know, every year we talk about the beginning of a hockey season, right? And usually those first, the first month, October, you usually see a lot of high scoring games mm-hmm. because the offense is usually ahead of the defense in a in a system, right? And, and coaching and, and coaching, right? And the goalies yeah. need a little bit of time to really kind of ramp up as well. So usually that first month is a lot more high scoring games, and the Flyers weren't in those. The Flyers, I mean, they had a couple that were a little bit higher than you think, but. A lot of the Flyers games were kind of like normal, and yeah. so that that's what was kind of funny. Is like you know they're not they're not playing like team that comes out of the gate. I mean, they, most teams come out of the gate. They're playing like it's 30, 40 games into the season already, and that was a credit to their I think to their um, you know the shape that they're in. I mean, camp. We, we we know Camp really put these guys in good hockey in good hockey shape. Um, so that was good, but then at the same time you sit there and said something's got to start to click offensively because if it doesn't, this is this is going to start to turn. This worm is going to turn. They can't maintain this. Yeah, and we're starting to see it a little bit now in these last few games. Let me ask you this, Ant, because like you've just said, you know Carter in particular goalied a lot of teams in the beginning of the season where it was just a stolen win by the goalie, and that's what the position can do. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you about the Columbus game in particular. And the and the game against Ottawa, did they get goalied in those games? Because I thought Corpusalo was really good, but Columbus was allowing the second most goals per game at four point five eight heading into that. And then Saturday against Ottawa, I think they were like eleventh in the league in goals allowed per game. Talbot hadn't played a lot already this year, but he looked really good on Saturday. Did they get goalied, or did they was that a thing where they made a goalie look like you got goalie? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that well, I. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think yeah. uh, Corpusalo I think played a, a much stronger full game than mm-hmm. than Talbot had to. Even though Talbot had thirty seven saves or whatever he had, yeah. um, you know, I thought that the Flyers were were strong for about a period and a half against Ottawa, um, and then beyond that, I, I thought that the game was kind of really good defensively both ways until the Flyers started taking penalties. Uh, the end of the second period, beginning of the third period, and they give up the two goals that that kind of make up the difference in the game. Um, so, I, you know, I think that I think that there was a lot of the Flyers. You know, they got their shots. You know, and they were looking to get shots, and but they weren't all all high percentage chances. You know that, and I think that Talbot had a lot more easier saves than Corpusalo did. I think Corpusalo played a better complete game. But the difference between the two games is the mistakes the Flyers make in Columbus are turning the puck over. 
at bad times, really just not, you know, giving giving Columbus great chances that they capitalize on. And in the Ottawa game, it's lack of discipline and then special teams not coming through. Yeah. And then if you push forward even ahead to the Dallas game, which I'll, in fairness, I'll be, you know, be, to be blunt, I didn't watch the whole game. I was not down there uh, yesterday. I couldn't make it down yesterday, but I did see some of it. Um, and, and, and what I saw was, again, special teams just not, just not there. I mean, the power play gives up the shorthanded goal and, you know, and, you know, the power play just looks lost to me right now. I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. I mean, they don't have the offensive talent, but just on finishers. There's nobody there, man. It's just nothing. Um, and it looks like that they're trying to like get Owen Tippett the puck in space and saying, "Hey, kid, shoot." Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, that's that. Beyond that, I don't think there's much else there on the power play. And then penalty kill, although it had been really good to start the year, last few games has just kind of been meh. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, I think you know, if you really want to look at where the, the three games have gone wrong, I think that that's what it is. It's been dumb mistakes. Uh, untimely penalties and now special teams failing them. I and that's their three straight losses. The the PK, I think, is just the goaltending was so ridiculous that it it your goaltender needs to be your best penalty killer, and it right. was. Right. And, and and when you're when you're stopping everything, then it's going to make the the PK structure in front of you all of a sudden look better because the result is better. But you know the thing is, you know, with the Columbus game, I said this after the Columbus game that. I looked at that game and I go, they outplayed Columbus. They did a lot of good things in that game, but they made highly consequential mistakes. And they made highly consequential mistakes against the wrong people on the ice for the opposition. Like every time they made a, a horrible turnover, they had four in the game. They paid the price for three and Gaudreau's line was on the ice for all of them. Like you got to be aware that when he's out there, you cannot put the puck in peril. And they did do many times. And I think the one that really irked me was, because you know after that first period, they give up two on the neutral zone giveaway and then just inside the Columbus blue line. And you know Torch peeled the paint off the walls about protecting the puck and not putting the puck in the middle of the ice in consequential areas. Then 37 seconds into the second period, they get scored on on another turnover. So I think that one, first minute of the period, you hate giving up a goal. And then to give up a goal in the same fashion in which you gave up the two in the first, I think probably pissed Torts off quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, and, and that's the thing. I mean, that's, that's you know, you wonder, and you wonder why everyone wonders why Torts didn't want to come out and talk after the game. And <laughs> does he want to come out and, and destroy his players after he's defended them as much as he has? Yeah. You know, in a game where they really just that was, per, you know, if I look at the you look at the rankings of bad games this year next to the San Jose loss where they were just asleep for the entire game against the Sharks, a bad Sharks team. That Columbus loss is probably their next best, next worst loss. But I would bet you that Tortorella looks at it and says that it's worse than the mm-hmm. San Jose game, because at least in the San Jose game, they didn't compete in the Columbus game. They could have won. Yeah, they could have won without wounds. Though. Yeah, could have won without the mistakes, right? Yep. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that's probably why you know he's like, you know what, I don't want to go out there and now have to start killing guys who I've been saying all week long and for the last two weeks have been playing great hockey, have been competing hard, have been making you know, doing the right things, doing the little things. Um, it was funny because after the uh, after the win um, against St. Louis. 
you know, I was talking, I asked towards a question about, you know, those little things, the way that goes, those guys are playing and, um, you know, given, gave me a great answer. I, I pulled Zach McEwen separately, did a one-on-one with him because he's one of those guys that kind of fits that under the radar mold that, that Tortorella like really likes the way that those guys are playing. Yeah. Um, I talked to him about it a little bit. Um, and it was like, oh, this is going to make a great story. And then of course they go out and, and play like ass in the last three moments games. in the last three games. I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to have to hold off on this a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, is that, is that that's, you know, that's how this team has to play to win. They, they have to do the structural small things and have them add up to rewards. And if, if they do, they'll win games. And this is what, this is what Twitter on Twitter all says things like, you may not play the best game for 60 minutes, but if you play the right way and play hard and compete constantly, sometimes you can win a game when you only play 35, 40 minutes of yeah. good hockey. And this is what he's talking about. And so uh, the Flyers have had a couple of those games where they won, where they, maybe they weren't the better team or maybe they didn't play a full 60 minutes, but because they stuck with it and, and just kept taking, you know, kept doing the things that they had to do, they were able to get, get results right now. They're a little off and they're not getting the results. And so the danger now lies with this team because we know how fragile it could be is can it write itself to say, okay, this was just a bad three game stretch or does this blossom into one of those patented, you know, 10 game, 10 game losing streaks, which they've made famous over the last few years. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like now I wonder, you know, I'm, I think the most fascinating part of this season and is, the mental part of this season because of the coach, because of the players and because of the situation, every player on this team at some point, I think is going to be in that position of not getting the amount of minutes they think they deserve being scratched, not playing a period, whatever it is, not being on a power play or a PK or or something like that. Cause I think it's going to, that touch point is going to hit everybody on the team. It's how each guy responds when it's their turn. Like I think TK after the San Jose game that you mentioned, you know, he does play the third period. I think he responded incredibly well. Yep. I think he's just been like, you know what? Okay. I get it. And I think that he's played really diligent hockey. Even when he hasn't been scoring, I think he's been effective in playing, you know, doing tilting the ice as best he can and doing his part. Um, And then the other part of it is, is okay. They were winning. They weren't playing great. But now that they have got three losses in a row, how do they react to that? The, uh, to me, all the cerebral elements of this season are what's the most intriguing. Do you agree with Torto? He said yesterday after the the loss against um, uh, on Sunday that you know it's not. He's like, I'll defend those guys because they're playing hard, and I think they are playing hard. I think we're just running into a situation where you see the the lack of high end talent on the team. Do you agree that they've been playing hard and that's not part of the conversation where that was the conversation the last couple of years? At, at yeah, I, I do. I do think that they are playing hard. Again, I, I got to give the caveat that I didn't see the entirety of uh, Sunday's game against Dallas. And you see a five to one final and you think, well, geez, that can't be close. But it, it seemed like they were it just it got away at the end. Right. I mean, yeah, um, it was more that, you know, I, I watched uh, the end of the first period and all the second period is what I saw of the game. Um, I had two different family things I had to do and I couldn't be there for the beginning or the end of the game. Um, but, uh, so like, I didn't think that from what I saw, I thought that they competed and played hard. Um, you know, you, you can't, 
there, there were some there were issues. I mean, you go 0 for 6 on the power play. You can't go 0 for 6 on the power play. Yeah. I don't care how how weak your power play is. You got to get one of those. Yeah. At least one, right? I mean, I, come on. I mean, just one out of six. That's not They even did a have a power play in the third period that you missed. I should you should go back and watch it. Yeah. It was the, I said at the time when the power play expired, the puck was in the zone the entire 2 minutes. I said that's the best Flyers power play I've seen in 5 years that didn't score a goal. <laughs> I mean, Tony D'Angelo is working off the half wall, then the high point. I, it was a great power play. Yeah. But didn't score. They didn't score. Um, then they give up. They give up two power play goals, and they give up a shorty. Right? A shorty. So, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's, know, the that's that's the game. I mean, you know, and and then of course, as as think about how fortunate we've been to watch two of the best faceoff guys over the last decade, right? In yeah. Couturier and Giroux, and now all of a sudden they're losing seventy five percent of their faceoffs. You ever seen a number like that? You can't lose forty three to fifteen. Holy fuck. You can't lose that. You can't because that possession is so important. The puck is the game, man. I mean, yep. you got to you got to win those, um, at least some of them. I mean, even if you're behind, even if you're not going to win 60 percent, if you, you at least win forty percent, forty five percent, yeah, maybe it's a different game. You know, yeah, that's um, crazy. That's that was that was nuts too. Brian Dallas Smith was, looked it up. They've never had a faceoff game where they they've lost that many faceoffs. Dallas was so they just it just seemed like again. Watching 30 minutes of the game, 25 minutes of the game, it just seemed like every time there was a stop stoppage, as soon as it started back up, Dallas had the puck. And, and you can't keep chasing that game that way. Yeah. I mean, even if it's even if it's a tie game, you can't keep chasing the team down and 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 trying to get the puck. You're playing back to back, right? Yeah, you, you, you're expending a lot of energy trying to go get go get the puck and get it and go back, you know, 200 feet the other way. It's tough. You got to win those draws. That's draw. I, there's so it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's a very underrated statistic to look at, especially when a team has played a lot, because that will dictate just how much more energy you have to expend to get the puck back. To get the puck back. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. faceoff doesn't always determine possession. Some of them are clean, cleanly won back, clear defined possession. But a faceoff win also, to me, defines. The team that's got the, the the best chance of getting possession, correct, and, and winning possession, and it's not just centers; it's wingers and D that got to be ready to go when the pucks drop because that determines it a lot. Because it, it becomes yeah. a fifty fifty, and look if if you win, I mean, I've never seen an, a number where a team wins that many. It's almost like you got you're trying to lose fucking yeah. draws. I know you're right. I mean, that's the thing, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I don't want to make it seem like it's the four guys who are taking the draws that just suck. Because yeah, they can they, they could tie up the other center and the puck's sitting there in a circle. Yep. And one of the other four guys has to go get it. Yep. Go get, get it behind the center and support. Yeah, win that win that puck and they didn't. And so that's yeah. that's a that's a thing that's you know, maybe the team was just is just tired. Yeah. You know, they had three games in four days, a little bit of travel and five you know, and eight. Yeah. Five and eight, a little bit of travel in there. Um, now they go out on the road again. maybe this is a road trip that they could they they need. You know? I said that yesterday. I totally agree. You know, I mean, get kind of get away from home, kind of, yeah. you know, let's get out on the road again, just us and just, you know, our little focus group here and, uh, you know, get it back together again. And because if yeah. not, I mean, you know, you're, if look, they're seven, six, and two. This is a far better record than any of us thought they'd have through 15 games. Yep. Okay. It really is, even though that's one more loss than win, because I count overtime losses as losses because yeah. that's what the L stands for in OTL. Okay. 
I don't care what anybody in the NHL will tell me. Yeah, I hate the this L, stupid loser. The point. L stands for loss, so it's a loss. Yeah. Not win don't give streak. me hockey 500. Give me I wins mean, and losses. Yeah. <laughs> Enough. I, I, that's the thing. I, I can't. I, it burns me up that I have to write winless streak as opposed yeah. to losing streak. Yeah. Okay. It burns me up that I have to put that because stupid. then don't put the fucking L in OTL. Yeah. It's an overtime loss, but it doesn't count as a loss. I hate yeah. the NHL for that. It's anyway, a loss. It's a loss. If the Point. other team's got more goals on that board when you leave the ice, <laughs> it's a loss. you lost the game. <laughs> you lost. Um, <laughs> that said, um, you know you, you got to you got to give them credit for being where they are. Mm-hmm. But it can remember last year, the start of the season they had an okay record. Same thing. Right around this time is when it started to go to shit. Yeah. Right. Once and the then, sample size starts, you know, yeah. water finds its level. Exactly. And it started to go really bad around this time of year. That The coach get, got fired. I think it was early December when uh, they fired. Uh, um, God, it's been so long. He's already gone. Like, names, names already going. <laughs> names already out of my head. Uh, you're going to make me suffer, aren't you, Vino? <laughs> oh, AV, yeah. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna make it's been. I think it was early December when they fired him, right? Yep. Um, and, uh, December 13th, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, yeah, that's, so this is, this is the time. And so when you look at that schedule and you say, okay, I know it's not, I mean, Columbus, you, you think you're a better team than them. Can you win that game? Yeah. Boston's going to be a tough game Thursday yeah, night. We know that. We know that they're, 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 they're a hammer. That, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a truck store. That's a, that's a truck stop there. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Montreal, um, should be winnable. It should be winnable. Yep. Good yeah. environment on a Saturday night, hockey night, yeah. Canada, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so, I mean, there's some games here coming up. You say, okay. You know, and then even if you look ahead to next week, I mean, even, you know, Calgary's been a little bit, you know, less right. than maybe people thought. Washington's down uh, to start start the year, although I, I still think that they'll they'll rebound. Pittsburgh, holy hell. I mean, it's yeah. I think that that, that, that – uh, that collapse is finally going to happen this year. Credit we, card bill came due with interest. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been waiting for it. Yeah. You know, and and then the, and then a, and then a home and home with the Islanders. I mean, so I mean, yeah. you know, who have been been good, but not not you know, it's not a murderer's row, right? Right, exactly. This is. But then again, this, this last week wasn't a murderer's row either with Ottawa, you know, Columbus, St. Louis, yeah. Columbus. Yeah. Well, well, St. Louis should be better than they are. I agree, and they're not. And Dallas, I think Dallas is a legit. I think they're. A, cup contender this year right yeah um, they got the goalie and i think their coach pete DeBoer, does a great job in year one everywhere yeah, he goes yeah yeah so i so but i mean but you still if you look ahead and i know it's a lot of games in, in a short period of time um but you're looking at what eight games in the next two weeks yeah I, I, you know can you go can you win five of them yeah or even even, go, like even three three and two or can you go four, three, and one? You know, if you if you even yeah. so, I mean, if you're doing something like if you're doing three, three, and two, let's say you go three, three, and two, okay. you're still you're still a kind of a five hundred team yep. after after Thanksgiving. And you know, we've always had this conversation too, Jay, at the Black Friday game. If you're in a playoff position on Black Friday, eighty percent. I think it's like eighty percent of the time. Yeah, you make the playoffs. Yeah. So and if you're not, you don't. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Inversely. Yeah. Um. So it's you know this is a week for them to really kind of get into a good spot, try and get you know catch up a little bit. They're not that far behind, and if you get there and you sit there and go okay, then after that you know maybe we're sitting down there against the Penguins on Black Friday and saying, 
yeah, you know what? Maybe this team can hang in there for for the for the rest of the season. Maybe get Atkinson back and. Well, that's a question mark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. <laughs> there's other question marks too of guys that are playing like Ristolainen that I got to talk yeah. about too because he has not been good. Yeah. But um, from the injury standpoint, what's your reporting on the latest on Atkinson and Couturier? So I haven't reported anything on Atkinson yet. I'm about to. Um, so maybe I'll here I'll give it a little little something here on your show. Um, what I'm hearing is that. It's kind of it's kind of a conflicting story, but this I've finally been able to nail down why I haven't been able to report this is because it's one thing could lead to the other, and that's why I'm getting a conflicting story from multiple people. So his injury is in his um, shoulder. Uh, believe it's a a labrum injury. Um, the Flyers have chosen, and I guess with uh, Atkinson signing off on this is you know, obviously a you know, player makes his own health decisions, but um, they've chosen to go the route of uh, rest, rehab, physical therapy rather than surgery. Rather than repair. Okay. Yeah. To try and get him back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. He's now missed a month of the season. Yep. Uh, if he's going to come back, you're probably looking at at least another couple weeks before he gets to that level. If they don't get to that point within the next couple of weeks, then they have to consider repair. Yeah, and then and if you're talking months. about if you're talking about repairing a labrum, that that's not a short injury for hockey. No, that's a, that's a, it's longer for hockey than it is any other sport. And again, that's because of the way you shoot the puck and you know, shoot, you mm-hmm. know, pull your stick back and everything else is a lot of stress you put on it. A lot of stress you put on the labrum. It's even believe it or not, it's almost more than like a pitcher in a lot of ways. I mean, pitchers come at a different angle. They come mm-hmm. over the top a little bit, so the the tear is a little bit different for a pitcher than it is for a hockey player. Um, depending on how it was torn, we don't know how how it was torn or if it, if it's actually technically torn, but probably is. You don't miss a month if it's not. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, if it goes to that, if it gets to that point where he's not, you know, able to get back, and they say we got to get surgery, then you're missing Atkinson and Couturier pretty much for the season. Yeah, it's unbelievable at that point. Yeah, and and, um, and and Coots and just to follow up, you asked me about him. Yeah, I mean it's they said three to four months after the second surgery, which you know is in line with what I first reported back in, in September. I'll tell you, unless they're unless they're in it, unless no they're reason. in it, there's no reason for him to come back. No, there's no reason yeah. other than maybe other than maybe you know if you're a, if you feel. And I and I, I I have to stress this: if you feel a hundred percent certain that he's not going to hurt himself, it's not not going to re-injure the back at that yeah. point. If it, and, it's just and, like, there's, and let's just predicate this: you can't feel one hundred percent that right. well, that's going to happen. No, but, you know, but you know what I mean. I mean, you, yeah. it, it's like okay, we're we're really confident that we're that he's going to go out there and he'll be fine. That yeah. another three months, four months, five months off is not going to make a difference. He's going to be the same then that he is now. Yeah. If you want to just get him back out there just to get him some games because it's been a year and a half since he played. Yeah, knock it off a little bit. I can I can see that, but it's but again, it's got to be the exact right circumstance mm-hmm. for it. So that to me, I think that he's in a situation where it really depends on where the team is, whether or not we see Couturier play at all this season. Yeah, I ran into him yesterday before the Dallas game. He was there with his wife and kids, daughter, and. uh Talked to him real briefly. He said he's feeling a lot better, feeling good. So uh, that's good to see. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, you hope to get him back when there's so much tied into him. Now, the other injury I can give you, I think, a slight update on is Allison. I think Allison's not as bad as it looked. Yeah, it looked horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From what I understand, yeah, he left the from what I understand, it's going to be a couple weeks, but it's only going to be a couple weeks. It's not going to okay. be extended. Yeah. So that's good um, news. Yeah, and it's and not pretty it, well. It's not the injury that I think a lot of people think it is either. So I, I can't say what it is, but I, okay. I've been told not to put that one out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, let me ask you about Ristolainen because, yeah. boy, what an erratic start to the season. I don't even want to say erratic, just not a good start. Uh, erratic would indicate that there's been high points and low points, but it, I don't think there has been that. He just he missed some time in camp, missed the beginning of the season, and he has not gotten his legs under him in any no, way, shape, I- or form just yet. I thought the only game he really played well was the Columbus game. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> he seems like he's overplaying situations outside yeah. the dots, Ant. Um, like he doesn't have a lot of structure and a lot of confidence in where he wants to be on the ice or what he wants to be on the ice under Tortorella. What do yeah. you think? Well, it's, and, and I think that what what I liked about him last year, and I know a lot of people didn't like about him, but what I liked about him last year was – he, I really felt that he was comfortable playing with Sanheim, that they liked. He liked going out there with the same guy every shift, knowing who he's, where he's going to be at all times, and kind of you know doing his thing. Yeah, would he occasionally, you know, go for a hit and take himself out of a play or whatever? Yes, that's Rasmus Ristolainen. That's what he does. But now I feel like not only does he feel like lost in his own game, but I feel like he doesn't have the confidence in who he's playing with. Because it's been he's been bounced around. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not with the same guy every every shift. And you know, this is kind of more like the Buffalo Ristolainen and not the Ristolainen we saw for stretches last year. Um and that's not good. That's yeah. not good. I mean, I still think that there's something there. I still think that there's a player there that that works here, but he's certainly not a guy that has endeared himself to the coach. And as a result, we're getting a very inconsistent version of him and, and mostly on a third pair. I mean, yeah, that kind of money is too much money to be on a third pair. Eh, it just is. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not making any sense to me right now. Let me look this up. Cause Jared messaged and it says with Muzzin on the shelf for the foreseeable future. I don't know if you saw the, the report on him today. Yeah. Not good. Um, it would it be worthwhile for Fletcher to call Dubas about a trade for a D because I think Ristolainen will be a likely candidate. Now, when he, when, I first read what Jared said there. I thought, well, maybe like Provorov or something like, like let's go big, let's swing for Marner. Blah, blah, blah. You're not going to do that right now, though. That's not going to happen in season. But Ristolainen would bring to them an element that they don't have. Right. A, D, B, a lot of fucking grit and toughness. And because that team needs that bad. And with Muzzin out, they need it even more. Yeah. That's a big loss for the, for the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe, maybe you don't, you know, get this tremendous return in that deal. Like you're not getting a Nylander or something like that, right? But you do get a lot of relief. Well, the question is, can Toronto take it on? Yeah, I guess if you put Muzzin on LTIR, yeah, you probably could, right? And, and then in the off season, you got to make some kind of moves there yeah. with the Nylander or something like that. To yeah, that's the one. Money. That's the one thing with that. Um, I, you know, the one thing I was told, another thing I was told last week was that 
and not that they're actively doing this, but that that the Flyers are keeping their eye out there for teams who might suddenly make a forward available. I don't think that they're happy with their group up front. And, and you know, it's interesting because, again, we're getting a mixed message. Um, you know, we heard the GM talk about how they're going to have all these young players and these young players are going to play and they're going to develop and it's going to be exciting. They're exciting to watch them play. I'm excited to see them be a big part of the action. And then Twitter all has had pretty much a short leash with almost every young forward on his team. Yeah. With the exception, with the exception of like Owen Tippett and and, and Wade and Wade Allison when he's been in the lineup. Yeah. Um and you know, you look at you know, everybody goes every you know, you know, me and Meltzer are, you know, going back and forth about Morgan Frost, but it's not just him. It's you know, Lushinsky's not really getting much He just much got sent ice, down today. Much less time ice time, then he gets sent down, right? Yeah. So um uh, you know, I, I, it's interesting to see. I, I think that we're getting a different version of the Flyers than even we were told we were going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I think it's because Tortorella wants a win. I think he looks at this and says, I can win with some of these guys, but some of these guys need to be playing in the AHL in order for me to do that. And in order for that, to, in order for that, in order for them to get better, they can't be developing at the NHL level. Yeah. So I can't give him the minutes here to do it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Morgan Frost is not, a fourth, is not a fourth line center. No. And, and look, I'm not a big Morgan Frost guy. I haven't been. I, this is not, not anything new. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, man, why aren't you giving Morgan Frost a chance? I, I think that the Morgan Frost ship sailed last year uh, in my mind, although he did play well at the end of the year. I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I saw more the, the more consistent Morgan Frost was the bad Morgan Frost than the good Morgan Frost. Yeah. Um. That that being said, I don't know what good he does serving you as a fourth line center. Like either send him down and let him figure it out, or move on. Like there are, there's other it benefits that- you more to get him playing well at in a, in a higher position in the lineup, either in the AHL or NHL, than it right. does as a fourth line player. Because then you you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. I don't know. I don't know what the value. Pur- I don't know what the yeah. I don't know what the 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 purpose is there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like you know, even still, another thing is is like you know, maybe you say he hasn't earned power play time, but okay, fine. But are we expect and look, and I, I think McEwen's a hardworking kid, right? Are we expecting Zach McEwen to score a bunch of goals on the power play? No, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, well, like, I mean, even a guy, even a guy like Scotty Lawton, he's not on the power play. Even, even a guy like Scotty, I, I now you know, you know, I love Lawton. I you know, great guy, great team guy. Is is Scott Lawton a better chance to score on a power play than Morgan Frost? I don't know, man. Yeah. Like I think that you know, if the kid's got skill, offensive skill, don't waste it because he's not quite a quote unquote earned that power play opportunity. Yeah, try See it. If you can you know, unlock it by putting him on it. Yeah, give give. Maybe that gives him some confidence. Maybe that mm-hmm. changes things a little bit. I don't know. And if you're not going so, to so so to me, if you're not going to play him in a higher role, then he doesn't belong on the roster. Yeah. And if you don't think he belongs on the roster, send him down. So, so if you're looking at a player to acquire a forward that may be available, you know, there's a guy out in Vancouver that a lot of he's now he's scoring a shit ton. Are you talking about Bo Horvath? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about. He's on an expiring deal, and I just think like somebody asked me about him last week, and I said I love the player because he's a leader, he's center. I was going to bring him up today, Jay. I swear to God, I, I had yeah. a whole thing here. Um, because I, I, I was looking at it 
and I can't believe that he's second in the NHL in goals behind. I mean, everybody talks about McDavid. Right. Oh, McDavid's got 15 goals. Bo Horvath's got 13. Yeah, and he and he's a good leader. All those yeah. things. He, but he's on an expiring deal. You go. Do you, are you going to make a trade? Because if you're going to trade for Bo Horvat, you're going to have to go 2023 20, first round. And can you? To me, that doesn't make any sense to do that no. when I can go. I'm not giving up anything for him. If I really want him, I'll sign him in the offseason. I'll dump a shitload of money on him. You know, why give up draft equity in this draft to go get Bill Horvat now? Like, I love the player. I love the idea. But it doesn't make any sense when you're a team that's not that, – that could be in the fucking lottery. I, right. I know you can protect the pick, but geez. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, look, I, I, I'll tell you – I go way back to when I worked for the team, they sent me um, on a trip to do a big feature on Anthony Stolarz when he was at the, with, um, with the London Knights. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I spent about 10 days or it was nine days um, as they were going into their playoffs um, and just going back and forth from London to, I forget where it was somewhere in Michigan. I forget what the other, what the team was that was in the, in the OHL that was in Michigan at the time. Anyway, just going back and forth and, you know, following him around and talking to him and as he's getting prepared for the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. And they made that long run with him. Um, but he had Bo Horvat over it on that team. And dude was the man there. Like, I mean, he was, he's the, a total London fucking night kid. He like, was, <laughs> he was, he was yeah. the guy. Like, I mean, he, he the ran that man. locker. He ran yeah. that locker room. And, you know, and it's all that, and it's all stole. You talked about it. You said, he said, he goes, when I was talking about the team in front of him and everything. He's like, it all goes through Bo. It's all Bo. And he wasn't even the best player on the team, whatever, blah, blah, blah. He was, I mean, everybody knew he was going to be an NHL player. He was going to be a, a decent draft pick. But there were other – I think I forget who else they had on the team that were high-scoring wingers and, and, and another high-scoring – so I got to go back and look at that roster. It was so good. Um, but it was all all Horvat. And I sat there and said, this is a kid I would love to get in Philly. <laughs> yeah. You know, like – and now here we are, you know, all these years – 10 years later saying, yeah, would you? <laughs> And I, yeah. I'd say, yeah, 10 years ago, I loved him at 18. I, I'll take him now. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, I mean, you imagine Gargano if he's here? Come on, Yo, Bo. Come on, Bo. We got Larry <laughs> Bo, Ricky Bo, Bo Horvat. <laughs> you can have a Bo parade. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's horrible. Yeah, that's Max Domi was on that team. Mitch Marner was on that Marner, team. Marner was the best scorer on that team. That's who, yeah. Yeah, um, Nikita Zadorov on that squad. Christian Dvorak. And they had a, the other shit. kid that was the uh, defenseman that was with Pittsburgh for a while. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Um, uh, Finnish kid. Uh, uh, what was I'm, his name? I'm trying to uh, see. Was, I'm looking at the was a, He was a first-round pick by the Penguins, I believe. Um. Yeah, that's a good team. Those London teams are always good, man. Uh, they were they were unbelievable. Uh, Oli Mata, that's who I was talking. Oh yeah, about. Oli Mata was on that team. Yeah, he was on yeah. the 2011 yeah. team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, last thing for you, Ant. TK. Yeah. TK on the PK. TK with a TKO. I'm getting all these search shirts made. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna start the Crossing Broad DK store. There you um, go. <laughs> but fuck, he has been so good, Ant. 
Um, I look at one player that I go, I, there's been little stretches where I go, yeah, he's been great or he's turned a puck over, he, but he adds a little risk into his game and he needs to, to be effective. But overall, like, I see this dude just working his bag off. And even when he's not scoring, I think he's been a player of consequence on the ice. Like he's, for all the, you know, the the hot takery of this team has no talent. I mean, they have talent. I think Provorov's bounced back in a decent way. D'Angelo obviously has talent. There's other players out there with talent. To me, TK's been the, the obviously the catalyst for almost everything they've done good. Well, yeah. I mean, and not only that. I mean, you go back to when he was an all-star in, in 1920, and, yeah. um, and, you know, that was his you know, best season of his career. 24 um, goals in 66 games. Well, I mean, yeah, but he did. I mean, he had 24 goals three years in a row, but that was the year he had, did it in 66 games, yeah, 61 points, base. you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, you know, yeah, he, he went, he disappeared in the playoffs and didn't score, but um, but that regular season, he was, he was, maybe their best best player him and Giroux obviously uh Couturier that 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 line was so good um and then since then it's just not been the same yep and then I thought last year I thought he was really not right even though he had 52 points I just thought that he was so off and I know it's only 15 games Jay but 17 points in 15 games for Konechny is is a pace that's going to get him well beyond 1920. Yeah. And I don't you know six goals is not going to jump off the page at you, but at the same time when you really put it together and you look at it it's, a, it's an over 30 goal season, right? It's, it's probably mm-hmm. 34, 35. Yeah. Um you're looking at like an you know a pace for like 86 points. Um but he's got to be considered up the Flyers potential all-star. Yeah. I mean him obviously and Carter, him and Hart, right? Yep. I mean um so yeah, like I mean, I you know really, and 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 it's funny because you sit there and say, of the veteran players, who are the ones that are going to respond best to Tortorella, and which ones are not going to respond best to him? And I was kind of fifty fifty with with TK. Me too. I kind of thought there's a we chance you and he I does. talked about it. Yeah, yeah, there's a chance he does, and he really develops, and it's great. And then there's also, and I know that's kind of a hedge, but like you know, I, other guys, I was more one way or the other, but he was the one guy I wasn't a hundred percent sure. Yeah. He was a coin flip to me. Yep, yeah. Total. Yeah. And, and, and he's responded and it, it maybe it took a, that, like you had mentioned earlier in the, in the show, maybe it took that one period benching that third period benching against San Jose to kind of wake him up to the way he has to play for this coach. Mm-hmm. And cause he's been great since he's been great yeah. since. And I, I know he went to the coach after that benching and, you know, wanted to talk about it and why, and boy, to to me, he's a, he's a player that's a pleaser. Like he wants to please his coach, and he's in yep. such great physical condition. Like if he's going to play his way, his style of play, he's got to be in great condition because he's got to fly all over the place, and he's got to have muscle on him to protect himself because he's not a huge body. Right. So I I just see a guy that's playing with such great energy, never letting down, and even when he's not creating offense. He's being consequential on the ice and the things that he's doing. So, and I think it's really important for him Ant, when it all shakes out that he gets a letter on his jersey because I think he's a guy that will fall into the vested category of having a letter and and really give it the diligence and importance that it needs to have. And I think it helps him. I think you're right. 
I think you're right. I mean, I, you know, and, and it's, it's one of the things I really like about the coach is that he lets the leaders kind of develop under him. Mm-hmm. Who, who wants to be that guy and who doesn't want to be that guy. And I think that, that you're certainly seeing it with uh, TK at the moment, that this is the guy that he really, he really wants to embrace this role. And maybe he, maybe he wasn't sure if he ever did. Maybe he never looked at himself as that kind of guy. As I'm going to be a leader, leadership type guy, or or maybe I'll be like secondary in the in the leadership group. Um, I think he, he felt re- that way when Giroux was here. Now he doesn't feel that way. Yeah, and I think he feels a little bit more emboldened, empowered. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I think D'Angelo's that way too. It like he wants to grab a piece of this leadership too. Well, I think he, I think he wants to play. I mean, he likes playing here. Yeah, I, he seems happy, man. Like I, you know, how you've known Tony a long gamer, time. man. Or you've known him a long time, right? I mean, has he ever seemed happier than he is right now? No, and, that's and the, the thing. The team's playing okay. Yeah, and that's going to affect him. Like he's an he's a highly emotional player, yeah. which I think is something that they have lacked. Man, they need a guy that gets fucking pissed when things go wrong. Yeah, I mean, and he's not afraid to stand in a block. To this is fucking unacceptable. Like we gotta wake up, you know. Yeah. They need a player to do. Coaches doing that, AV doing that, Scott Gordon or Hack. That's one thing. When a guy stands up in that room and is like, "What the fuck," you know. Yeah. I think that means way more, and he'll do that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I, I think you're looking. I think you're starting to see who that leadership group is going to be. Mm-hmm. I wonder if at any other point beyond this season if they if anybody else i mean this season if anybody else gets a letter i don't think i so. really I, I is it just going to be lawton with the 1a the whole year I think, so. I think so yeah i mean it's curious that's a curious thing to me uh mm-hmm. I, i'm sure that they're holding one out for for coots yeah or and may, atkinson or or both yeah maybe that's who it was, maybe that's who we wanted it to be to start the season them three with the a's yeah and then without them it's like okay let's see if anybody else develops and I think you're right. The two guys at the top of that list are probably Travis Konechny and and, and uh, Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, no doubt. And this was awesome, man. Go back to work. Thanks for doing this, brother. We'll be <laughs> Thanks, reading pal. your stuff from Crossing Broad. Uh, Snow the goalie. Yep. Uh, Crossing Broadcast. You got it all going on. Thanks, brother. Thanks, pal. Anytime. There he is. Anthony San Filippo on Bet Parks Presents. Stick to Hockey Live. Great. I love talking hockey, man. You know, we've been talking hockey, hey, and I, for years. Now we just get to do it and everybody gets to hear it and be a part of it. So thanks to Anthony for joining us. Uh, check out Snow the Goalie and also uh, all his work on crossingbro.com. Uh, Bet Parks, that's the place to go to get all your action in on all the different sports, whether it's same game parlays, live in game betting, player performances, first to score, exact score, you name it, it's all there for you on football, college and pro, hockey, hoops, college and pro. International soccer, F1's going to wrap up the season in Abu Dhabi at Yas Marina this week. You name it, all there for you on the Bet Parks app. So download the app today. We'll give you the Broad Street Boost coming up on Wednesday's uh, show as well. Uh, so download the Bet Parks app today. You need to be over 21, present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. And also visit my friends at Concordville Subaru. Awesome dealership. Uh, they do so much great work in the community. And it continues to this day. November's a great time to visit Conquerville Subaru. Check out the beautiful showroom of Route 202 in Glen Mills. Uh, check out the service department where you get a free car wash with every visit. It is a fantastic dealership. You can see the certified pre-owned inventory there and a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. 
And uh, like I said, it's a great dealership, more than a dealership, great service department with a free car wash that every visit. So visit ConquerVilleSubaru.com online and check out the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember that Conquerville cares. All right, we're back Wednesday. Another brand new episode of Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your hockey. And we'll talk to you coming up in a couple of days. Keep holding on.